episode of Calm, Cool, and Connected is brought to you by Bridgeside Medical Clinic, Chesapeake Integrated Behavioral Healthcare, and Edgar Casey's ARE. Now more than ever, we have an opportunity to be a positive force in the world, to help heal the divide, to treat each other and ourselves with respect. But with so many tools out there from meditation to physical training, proper nutrition, therapy, and so many others, we all need a little help navigating all the options. Join us as we share in-depth information, insights, and thought-provoking discussions that will help answer your questions about how to stay calm, cool, and connected during these times. Welcome to Calm, Cool, and Connected, your guidebook to peace of mind. Hello, and welcome to Calm, Cool, and Connected. I'm your host, Dr. Elizabeth Fedrick. As a mental health therapist and as the mother of an amazing teenage boy, men's mental health is something that is near and dear to my heart and something that I believe needs increased societal supports. Mental health in general is becoming much more widely accepted and normalized, yet at the same time, the same societal messages that boys should cry or shouldn't express their emotions in the same way is a societal message that continues to be sadly perpetuated. Joining us today is John Eli Garay, a counseling intern and life coach. John Eli is joining us today to talk about the stigma surrounding men's mental health and some of the things that we can do to work towards doing away with this. Hi, John Eli. Welcome. Hi, Liz. Thank you for having me here today. Absolutely. I'm so excited for you to join us today. You and I have been social media buddies for quite some time now, so I'm happy to be able to have this conversation. So before I jump in, tell us a little bit, counseling intern, life coach, tell us what do you do in the mental health field? Absolutely. I, I, uh, I'll just give you a little bit of a background. I have a master's of science in psychology, and I started a life coaching practice about seven years ago. been loving working with my clients. However, I, I found myself in the middle of a pandemic with nothing to do and stuck in quarantine. And I decided just to return back to school and to work on a master's of science in counseling. I'm currently a counseling intern working with individuals who are dealing with anxiety, depression, and who are working through personal trauma. And I'm absolutely loving every moment of it. Yes. And I know you are so passionate about mental health. And I know that from your Instagram feed, from what you put out in social media, you really put really thoughtful, heartfelt content out there. And you can just tell your passion is to help people. So I really appreciate and respect that about you. And especially, like I said in the intro, as a mother of a teenage boy, men's mental health is a really sensitive topic. From your experience, why is that? How is that message continuing to be perpetuated? Yeah, so one of the things that I've encountered, both as a member of the human race and also in the work that I do, is that it's not very common for men to have safe, safe spaces or, or they can actually, they haven't been socialized to understand and express their emotions. And that becomes, that starts at a very early age from, you know, their, their family of origin. There's, there's not very many examples given as to, you know, how to express, how to feel and how to express emotion that ends up just continuing throughout their life. And basically men can get stuck not understanding how to deal with their emotions because they don't understand why they're present in the first place. Absolutely. And, you know, research supports that the male amygdala is actually larger in size. Men have bigger emotions, but they're also suppressed so much more often because of the societal misconceptions that are put out there that 
men shouldn't cry. They shouldn't have these big emotions. And so that's what tends to happen. Caretakers really start to push those emotions down. What toll do you see, you know, with the clients that you work with, what toll is taken on them when they feel like it's not appropriate or not okay, not acceptable to express those emotions? So what ends up happening is that I end up running into a, quite a few people who are, are dealing with a crisis in their life, be it relationally, be it in the workplace. They find themselves stuck and unable. They don't know how to deal with the crisis that's in front of them. But more than anything, what they end up encountering is that they're unable to have any type of relationship management whenever they aren't, they're unable to regulate themselves. And they're unable to regulate themselves whenever they don't understand themselves. And I really see that people really have a difficulty understanding what emotions are and what feelings are. And they just end up in a, a place of what I call stuckness, immobilization, don't know what steps to take next. And how do you help break that down for them? How do you explain what you, feelings versus emotions and what to do with all of that? Absolutely. So really what, what I really try to do is to educate my clients. I try to explain to them what emotions are and what emotions are. They're the outward expression of our feelings. I, I kind of relate them to emojis there. Whenever we have an emotion such as joy, we may smile. Whenever we have an emotion such as fear, you may see it in our face, in our body language, or even in our sense of movement. And what feelings are, are they're actually, they're actually the interpretation of a physiological response to our environment. And that's really where the key is that is understanding what is taking place within ourselves. At, and I, I always get tongue-tied when I get excited speaking about this, but our autonomic state, whenever we are able to understand what is taking place within our autonomic nervous system, we're then able to have a better interpretation of what the appropriate feeling is and what we should emote. Absolutely. And so a polyvagal theory is something that I know you speak on and something that that is you. Do you use that to educate your clients? Tell us a little bit about polyvagal theory and how you apply that. Yeah. One of the first things I do whenever I'm meeting with a new client is I, I like to introduce them to their superpower. I let them know that they're born with a spidey sense that basically if, if you're, us human beings, we are biologically designed to be able to, to scan our environment for cues of safety and cues of danger. We're naturally inclined, biologically designed to be drawn toward safe connection and to run away or to fight away any, any type of danger. And whenever we recognize that this takes place at an autonomical level instead of a cognitive level, we're able to understand that many of our responses, our auto automatic responses, are more of our body's way of trying to protect us. What I do is I help my clients by helping them map out their, their autonomic nervous system so they can have an understanding of how they react to the environment around them at any given time. 
Yeah, which is incredibly empowering because when we can start to realize that we're not just angry people, we're not just dysregulated people, that there's something truly going on in our body. Our, our amygdala is alerting us to danger and then flooding our body with those biochemicals. And when people can really understand that's what's going on, first of all, it helps to normalize it. But secondly, we can then give them an idea of what to do with all of that. So what might be for something when you're thinking about your male clients, what are a couple of those coping skills or self-regulation tips that you give to them to help them first accept I'm having an emotion and that is okay. And this is what I can do with it. Absolutely. One of the things that, that I really try to convey to my clients is the need for self-compassion. And understanding that their body is reacting in the way it is acting because they matter in this world. And so giving them an understanding that, that it's okay to have grace. It's okay to take a look and say, thank you, body. Thank you, nervous system for trying to protect me in this moment. I have it from here. And this is the choice that I'm going to make to respond in a way that is more aligned to my invite, to my value than this other reaction that I'm used to having. So helping somebody understand what their typical response is and also helping them to choose a more productive response is very typical in the work that I do. Absolutely. And then providing that encouragement that it takes a lot of practice. It is something you have to do over and over. Well, Joni, where can people find you? Where can they find your Instagram page, your social media website? Yeah, absolutely. You, you can find me on Instagram at duh.john.eli. You can find me at Cooper Counseling Center at coopercounselingcenter.com or on my personal website at john-eli.com. Well, thank you so much for being here, John Eli. We really appreciate you being here. Thank you. Thank you for this time. And thank you all for tuning in to this episode of Calm, Cool, and Connected. Please make sure to find us on Facebook and Instagram, and also make sure to rate and subscribe to our podcast so that others can discover our content as well. Thank you again for joining us on this episode of Calm, Cool, and Connected.